All right, man, you got to remind me 20 minutes in. I don't know if you can see the clock to pause for an ad break because I always forget. It's a real pain to do it later on. All right, I'll try. I'll do my best, but I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't hold my breath. I forget every time. Uh, what's going on, man? Your team, it slipped a little bit. You got, you're like in 25th in my league. I'm moving up. I'm 191. You're 25. I'm catching up, man. Yeah, it's obviously super annoying. The midseason crackdown, uh, lost Bieber in multiple places and Tyler glass now in too many, I don't even want to count. I'll cry. I just dropped him in both my Yahoo leagues. Um, you know, it's especially annoying listening to him, you know, say just straight up that, you know, it's because they made me change mid season is why I just tore my elbow. So, I mean, you know, my teams have never, I've been off the best fancy baseball start I've ever been. I'm just pretty much, uh, that I've ever done by far. And it's kind of frustrating, uh, being pitcher heavy, them to change the rules mid season and have an obvious direct effect just immediately. So what are you going to do in our last league? I drafted a little differently. Like I took Kershaw over Bauer in that league because I knew they, they announced the rule. Now, most of my teams I drafted before they announced the rule. So they screwed us, but they told us like at the 11th hour, you know, we're going to do this. I got spooked and then it never happened. Then I was pissed. I was like, I should have taken Bauer. It was obvious. If they were kind of cracked down, then Bauer is the obvious pick. Now we'll see. And we don't even know if Kershaw's clean. We assume he's clean because he's been doing it for so long, but who knows? Uh, we had Will Carroll on today. I thought he made a good mm. point. He said, because Glass now didn't have the lotion and the rosin or whatever he uses, he had to squeeze the ball harder to get this to generate spin yeah, that's movement. That's what he and said. So if, so if you're squeezing yeah. the ball, then your forearm is flexed and then you're like, throwing 98 miles an hour with a flex tight forearm. It's not surprising that you could tear some of it. And then yeah, no, everyone should listen to him. Talk to listen to glass. Now talk. He sounds like he's intel- totally knows what he's talking about and doesn't sound like sour grapes. He just like, it is what it is. I mean, I'm upset about my fantasy team. I mean, this guy worked his ass all ass off no, no, off season, dude, you know, you showed up total in shape and this, and um, he flat out says that, yeah, you know, you try to, to, to hold it like an egg. And he's taught this certain way to do the whole point is to not grip it tight. And now you suddenly change. He said he was using sunscreen and rosin and then he you had to grip it way, way tighter. So yeah, not just Carol uh, confirmed it, but yeah, glass himself said yes. And then I woke up after the first start, not using it, which by the way, he dominated the Nats 11 Ks one walk. And he said parts of his body were sore that he didn't even know, never knew. And then lo and behold, the very next outing, he blows his UCL. So, I mean, I mean, I also have Darvish and Burns, a lot of them. And those guys are clearly spin rate guys. And Darvish, like his control improved so much right when that spin rate jumped on these cutters, not to mention Bauer. So this could be just a total disaster. And the injuries, um, I know that the, the some, some evidence points to this being overblown, but it's possible a bunch more hit batsmen happen now with worse control and the hitters get hurt. So I don't know, but it's just such a joke for the nefarious reasons it might as well be the government making these decisions with the upcoming um you know the uh all, right. all the the the, the base, we'll get into the CBA, that. all that but it's just it's all we'll get into that for sure but i just think you're selling yourself short like you know glass now is obviously upset that it's going to cost him his best career no, i agree thank you dollars but you worked harder than he did i think no i did i did i i studied harder than ever as i told you and it was paying off and and it's what that's uh shows you, you know, don't, don't, don't hustle because it just, uh, does not worth it. Well, we'll see. I'm not giving up quite yet, but just uh, give up. You should yeah. give up in our leagues, especially because we have some, yeah. we bet 500. You're definitely going to finish ahead of me in the first one. Cause my team's not very good. And I keep making the worst moves, but in the second one, it's, it's getting closer. Uh, you also lost Bieber in the, in the second chance league that we're in and mm-hmm. Jeff and I are in first place. You know, Jeff goes away, says, take I over. I think we're first me. and second, right? First. In, oh no. Uh, okay. We was first and second as of this morning. We, me and you guys, you guys were, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I thought Rob Silver's team was going to be dominant, but, but yeah, I lost B. I took Bieber fifth overall in that. And yeah, he's shoulder. That sounds great. So yeah, good job guys. You're in first. Congrats on that. And I hated that team that Jeff drafted. I was like, this team's yeah. terrible. And so far so good. He just let me take it over. That's why. Oh, I'm up to 183 Now you're down to 25. The thing Uh-oh. is my batting average was like 240. I was last. Now it's 250. I made huge strides. Just getting rid of Kelnick and uh, Hira just changed everything. So yeah, so you've got all these pitchers and, and they're spin rate dependent and they've been some of the best pitchers in the league and that's why your teams are in the top. You know, you got two teams in the top 12 at one point out of 2,100 teams. It's not like out of, you know, 100 teams. It's out of 2,100 teams. It is very hard to be in the top and you were killing it. And this, this rule change is going to be a big deal. And it, it really is like, well, we'll talk about like the conspiracy aspect of it in a second. 
you know, I have a team. It just dropped the last place. My main event, it was in 12th a second ago, but it's way, it's in a strong last place. Now it was, it's, you got 57 points. Like by the end of the day, I could be in 12th or 11th. But the point is that like, normally I'd be like, okay, there's no way I could cash in a league that's this deep in the season. But I think there's going to be seismic shifts because of this, whether there's injuries like glass now. And one thing that Will Carroll said was he said DeGrom had the same thing. He had like a, a little soreness and he also, you know, was maybe forced to grip the ball tighter and they're all forced to grip the ball tighter. You know, normally it's like, okay, if, yeah, Phil Dussault did like a thread. He's like, if you're not in the top 100, then, you, you know, only a few teams not in the top 100 made it in the top 10 by the end of the year at this point in 2019. And just how, like, obviously enough of the season has gone by that it's very unlikely to have a team that's terrible at this point that does that well. But I think this is going to be the most upside down first and second half we've ever seen. Yeah, it looks like there's nearly 2,400 teams in the online championship. I still have two in the top 25, but they're fading. Hopefully I did a screen grab and I had one in fourth and the other in ninth or something. Um, You could be right, especially, I mean, I want to counter and be like, well, the mediocre pitchers are going to get worse too. So you still want the better pitchers in the league. But I mean, if I spent the draft capital on these, you spent your first four round picks in every league, they got to, you know, they they were performing. Um, So yeah, it's been, it's been, yeah, it could be a, a seismic shift in standings. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, what are you going to? Yeah, it's, it's especially guys who went pitcher heavy like myself. It's very annoying. You know, I led uh, uh, last night's column talking about how the elite closers have just been so dependable. Um, we don't talk about that, but the, based on the hitters and the, and the starters, I'm sure it'll probably change dramatically now after I uh, put it in print. But just all the guys who went first: Hendricks, Chapman, um, Hader. Uh, they've all, they've all been so worth it. Even going down to like the guys you were worried about, like the Diaz and Iglesias have, have, have rebounded too. They've yeah. all, and they've been some of them. Brad, provided, Hand. Like, Brad Hand has rebounded too. Yeah, He's Kim, been better. Kim, yeah. Kimbrell too. Some of them have provided like four wins to go along with the 18 uh, uh, saves and great ratios. So it's been kind of crazy. And then if you factor in how the amount of fab that's been spent on the waiver wire chasing saves and how bad it gets after the top 10, you could counter and say, well, if you got Melanson and Alex Reyes, you're fine. Yes. Okay. But other than that, you know, I'm sorry, if you spent draft capital in these big overall contests on those guys, you're getting a, a decent profit. If you look at the, you know, the rest of uh, ba- compare comparatively, do you, do you still counter counter back at me on that? No, I, I think the top few guys have been really good. And because there's so many hitter busts also in that range, like and injuries you, and injuries, right? Yeah. So if you got like a hater or Chapman in round four or five, and someone took Rendon or Marcelo Zuna or Springer or even Bregman's not done much, you know, a lot, there's a lot of guys in that range that haven't done much. And of course those closers are doing great. And, and then, you know, there's a lot of half closers out there. So other people are trying to get by with half closers and you've got some of the few full closers. So, yeah, I would agree now that I think I would concede that those top closers have, are going to end up paying yeah. off. Yeah, obviously, Melanson and Race, there's like a handful that, are, you know, but that's always the case. I mean, it's always the case with any position. Yeah, yeah, it totally is going to be an outlier. But by the way, why draft pitchers? I could just get Carlos Rodon and Kevin Gossman. You know, yeah, of course. Right. Well, I mean, right. if you get those exact two guys, sure. Totally. So Hader, by the way, is also top 25 overall player. Like if you look at Yahoo's ranks, which is pretty crazy, just for the amount of innings he's done, but you get the wins, you get an ERA 0.76 or whatever, uh, six, five, that'll happen. So the best closer actually this year has been the giants closer McGee and Rogers have combined for They have the most save opportunities in baseball, 22 saves, three wins and a 2.39 ERA. If you did combine those two guys, but of course, the problem is that's not uh, what, what, what happens, but they take up two roster spots too. If you right. keep them do you, both. Do you know that my wife plays in an ESPN points league? Um, and I guess uh, in that, in, in Otani, you can move back and forth. You can't get this. You can't get him as both points on the day he pitches, but in a daily league and on right. ESPN, right. you can, that guy leads the points league. Of course. 200 more points than the next <laughs> right. player. Cause I didn't realize one... this was possible. We always talk about this. And I just thought my wife looked at the standings and it's like, Otani has literally 200 more points than the next most person in this league. Yeah. Because when he pitches, he gets so many points on the day and then he still hits six out of seven other days. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. I'm and still I heard on the market that he's very, it goes every other day. He's still right there with Vlad, I guess, in the market. It may be way off, but as far as MVP odds, I, I guess he's right there. And today, by the way, as we're talking, he's homered and, and swiped the bag as well. Yeah, I know. I have him in that league that I'm creeping up on you. 
I know. And I used him as a pitcher the one week that they were in the NL and he he dominated. He had 10 Ks and got a win. He's been killing it for me. No, that guy's huge. I got Tatis. Tatis is the best player, by the way. Tatis plays like two thirds of the games and he just hits a home run and steals the base every day. So yeah, I have those two. And and I was talking to Jeff about this in the fifth round. I thought I screwed up because I was like, do I take Burns? Do I take Aras Arena, who's also really good, or do I take Lance Lynn? Those are three guys I was choosing between. I took Lynn. I was like, ah, I shouldn't have taken Lynn. That was a cowardly pick. Lynn has been amazing. So good. Right. So good. And although I think I think he could be a spin rate, I think he could go downhill too, because he just kind of had the second career resurgence. And it, it was, you know, around the time all those Verlanders and Coles were like, get it together. So we'll see. But yeah, Tatis watching him play in Coors Field. It's like, imagine this guy didn't play in Petco and with a busted shoulder. I mean, that guy is so good. It's unfair. It's, it's crazy, the numbers he's putting up. Yeah, so it's, it's insane. And so uh, I just, at least I had that right, right? Those are the three guys I was choosing between. Those are, I had it right. Like, those are the guys you want uh, in that round. There's probably other good players too. But it's kind of crazy. And the midstream thing is weird. It's weird that they announced it, like, at the 11th hour, then... They didn't do anything. Then they're actually enforcing it. Apparently we don't know yet. We don't know how much they're going to enforce it. We have to see and how much people are going to take it seriously, but it's a very weird year. And and it's really like, I talk about this on the XM show all the time, but it's just really like the federal government, as you mentioned, printing money where everybody's waiting for the fed. Are they going to tighten? Are they going to be dovish and, and keep printing money? Okay. I'll buy or sell stocks. I'm not looking for good businesses or, you know, when you're running a business, it's not like, Oh, is it, is this a product the customers want? It's all central planning now. And this is baseball's doing something like this. And James Anderson told me that who was it? I, I can't remember why I, there's, there's Pete one Alonzo. Pete Alonzo. It was Pete Alonzo. Right. He came forward and he said, he thinks that they juiced the ball in 2019 or because I remember 2018, it was a dud ball. 2019 was juiced. 2017 was juiced. 2021, they deadened it. And he thinks that it's in sync with, and I haven't done any study on this, but just, I believe him, like when the major free agent contracts are coming due, um, if there's a bunch of hitters that are due to get, you know, due to hit free agency and the ball's deadened, then they're going to come off 38 home run years instead of 48 home run years. And they're going to get smaller deals. And you could think that, you know, league wide when, you know, when there's like a discrepancy in, in whether it's pitching or hitting, um, it might save collectively baseball owners like 50 million or hundred million or whatever. So on the spreadsheet, they're like, if we just dead in the ball, this is worth 50 million collectively. If we just liven up the ball, this is worth a hundred million this year. And I don't know that that's true, but you know, it definitely doesn't strike me as uh, implausible or, or crazy well, it's at also all. Just, and also I believe that, and also the CBA is up at the end of this year. So they just want to point to the players in general as being cheaters, even though they changed the baseball. And honestly, a lot of the pitchers, this is just a reaction to the baseball being completely inconsistent, not just year to year, but stadium to stadium. So they just want a proper grip. I mean, it's, it's all just a joke. And now they're trying to blame it on the players when they're the ones in which the reaction happened in the first place. It's, whatever. Yeah. Well, Paul Sporer came on the show and he said, you know, Bud Selig's in the hall of fame, you know, Clemens and bonds are not going to be in the hall of fame, which is ridiculous. They're two of the top 10 players of all time. So the players wore the whole thing, even though Bud Selig knew after, after they lost the world series in 94 and he knew in 98, you know, when Sosa and, and McGuire were hitting 66 and 70 home runs and their heads were the size of beach balls and they had zits all over. He knew, everybody knew they were roaring up, but he looked the other way because they needed the business. They needed baseball to have something exciting. It was very exciting. They got it back and they turned and threw those guys under the bus. And then he walks into the hall of fame. And I, and I do think that it's the same thing. It's like, it's divide and conquer. This guy we had on today. Um, I don't know if his mm-hmm. allegations are true, but did you, did you listen to that segment we had? Yes. 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 I saw the thread because of Jeff bringing it up. But yeah, talk about that. Yeah. He basically is like, I'm tired. Of, he aired a bunch of more dirty laundry that goes right. on throughout the league. And it was all crazy stuff. Adrian Beltre had a buddy in center field with a white towel that had wave uh, with binoculars. Anytime there's an off speed pitch in that year, you know, he went crazy in the, there's the home road splits on Aaron judge. I've told you about like, are just right. astronomical. Um, so yeah, sorry, but yes, that thread. And then you had him on the XM show. But yeah. So this guy, Ryan Spader at the ACE of Spader is his handle. He came out, he had this thread and it was blowing up because he was saying Chase Utley and Adrian Beltre. Now keep in mind that, you know, he didn't reference his source. He didn't say who told him. Apparently he knows a bunch of baseball players. He said, current and former baseball players told him, but he didn't say who. So this is obviously an anonymous source. So take it for what it's worth. I don't know that this stuff is true. I don't know if he has an ax to grind. I don't know what, I mean, I I don't even really know the guy. We had him on for 10 minutes, 
But one thing that he said that he said motivated him to make the, the threat about all these other guys. And, you know, Utley and Beltran are like beloved guys. Everyone loves those guys. They're like well-regarded. So the reason he, at least he claimed that he made the thread is that he was getting sick of the Astros and other, and it's a little weird because the Astros really haven't been in the news for that in a while, but whatever, maybe it's because the, the spider tech thing rebrought it up. Like, Oh, these guys are cheating. And then the Astros, no, there was a whole new article that came out that said the Astros continue. Oh, okay. so the, after. Remember I even talked about it with James Anderson. He laughed when I said the massage gun, but that was an actual thing in the article that they reported okay. that they use massage guns and it lasted way past when everyone thought AJ Hench left. I think that was his name. Um, but no, there's, it's been in the news. It, okay. It's still All right. So it is, so it is, so Jeff didn't know. So it is obviously new then. And the whole spider tapping is, you know, they're throwing Bauer and Cole under the bus yeah. and whoever else is involved. And so he said, you look, he's fed up. It's bullshit that these guys are being wearing the cheating. And, you know, Paul Spore said the same thing. He doesn't think it's fair that Cole and Bauer wear it. And so he said, look, all these guys that are like your favorite guy, I mean, David Ortiz, didn't he get busted for steroids too? But they love David Ortiz. So he didn't really wear it like those other guys. At least Ryan Spader said, look, I, I'm just, I'm sick of this. And he outed a bunch of other stuff. And it was almost like Canseco when he outed everybody for roids. And he said, everyone thought he was crazy. And he's like, no, this is so widespread. You guys are just ridiculous. You have no idea. And of course he was like a pariah because he said no one wanted to let it get out. Uh, he also said, and again, this is just what he's saying. I don't have like proof that it's true, but what he also said, he, he seemed credible to me. He didn't seem like he was ridiculous or anything. He also said that player, some players said, shut your mouth, stop talking about this, which is interesting because yeah, I heard, yeah. in, in a way it, it's better for the players if they're all on the same team, right? If, if the players say the Astros are cheaters and Bauer and, and Cole are cheaters, we're the good guys. Then there's the good guys and the bad guys that go into labor negotiations divided and that helps the owners. But if they're sort of like, look, this is all BS. We're all trying to get an edge. Baseball didn't really have strong rules against this. No one enforced it. Oh, nobody's cheating here. Screw you. Stop making us seem like cheaters. And then they, you know, united, it would be good. And I feel like there's such a parallel with this to like modern society that people are being driven on tribal politics, race. They're trying to divide everybody and be like, you're the good guys. You're the bad guys. These are the deplorables. These are the people you shouldn't talk to. These are the people you should deplatform. These are the people you shouldn't associate with. These are the people you shouldn't retweet and trying to divide everybody because if everybody got together, you know, it would be a lot harder for the government to, to do what it does to get away with printing and making wars and not taking care of, you know, infrastructure, all the shit they do that everyone's justifiably fed up with. So Anyway, it just seems like very similar strategies that those who have power and, and, and this, in the moment are, you know, they want to use whatever they can. And, and But some of the players are saying, shut up, don't say this about other players. Yeah, that and they're tribal, weird, yeah. right? It's like, no, maybe yeah. you just say, tell the truth. Like, let's just get this over with and then I'll be on the same side. So I, I used to be on the Houston assholes, I would call them. Uh, and now I'm, uh, I feel like I'm much more sympathetic to them after all this. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's all, it's all very, uh, it's all just obviously personally annoying and yeah, that's nefarious reasons behind it. And you said, and you made the analogy and, um, yeah, no, it's, it's frustrating and who knows how much stream is going to be moving forward, but I wish that, you know, care about things that actually matter, like fixing the strike zone. I know you're against robot umps for some reason, but man, this strike zone remains a problem. Uh, they just did a study too. And this year it's been, um, off in key situations, like more than ever. Um, I don't know. I don't, it feels like they should pay their, extend their attention more to, to manners like that and not destroying my, my fantasy teams. I like that they're destroying your fantasy teams. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, I get frustrated. I, I watch some of my pitchers get squeezed and it's just super annoying because that one pitch, that one strikeout changes everything. It's a walk instead of a strikeout. Another guy, there's an error. Then a guy hits a home run. Then he walks another guy. Then another guy gets a hit. Then they pull him. And you're like, dude, he would have been out of the inning and he had a lead. I'm probably getting a win here. This is horrible. I mean, obviously we're used to it. I mean, football is even more horrible. Like football is like, the type of shit that goes down in football and it's just you get you get screwed so badly i can't even recount the the different ways between refereeing and coaching and just luck and fumbling and whatever that happens in a football game that can just oh yeah 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 no it's hard to give baseball a hard time as anyone who had a lot of money on the packers in that championship game last year when the head coach called the field goal unit i, I still don't believe that actually happened we're in a simulation when i was watching 
I cannot, that was still the craziest thing I've ever seen when they called for that field goal with Aaron Rodgers and that anyway, that, 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 I, that literally was the nail in the coffin for why would you gamble on sports and that, that wait, you no, wait, 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 you didn't do, you didn't remind me it is time. To oh, take it's 20 minutes. It's been exactly 20 minutes, about actually. 20 Sorry, minutes. Yeah. yeah. It's time to take a break for a word from our sponsors. Okay. So sorry, what were you saying? I have a good segue here. So let's let's move away from something so depressing as this this baseball situation, the uh the spin rate scandal. Uh speaking of sponsors, Ronaldo, pretty cool, yeah. Oh yeah. Water, yeah. Drink water, pushing away the Coca-Cola products. I guess that's a thing with him too. He says his his kids, he keeps the junk food away. So yeah, and the stock fell four billion dollars or whatever. That's pretty uh pretty wild, right? Yeah. I don't think it was because of that necessarily. It's funny. I wrote a blog post on this in 2010. I looked it up. It had some language and it was a little like, I don't know if we'd fly today, but it's all, you could find it on rotosynthesis. I wrote a blog and you know, I was basically saying like LeBron was uh, endorsing McDonald's or somebody. He signed a deal with him. He was already so rich and going to be so rich. It's like, why are you promoting McDonald's to kids? And it's like, well, People can eat whatever they want. People, yeah, it should be legal to do the promotion. It should be legal to eat there. It should be legal to operate. It's also open for criticism. Like if you're going to be a multimillionaire and you're going to sell a product to somebody that's a toxic, crappy product, you know, you should get flack for that. And I feel like nobody, everyone just endorses everything. Like whatever's the most money, just take the endorsement. And why? Why are you doing that? Like, it's like, this stuff isn't good for people. You don't need the money. It's just so easy to say, no, I understand if you're like, an, I, I wrote an article Back then, I said, if you're an out-of-work actor and you get the McDonald's commercial and you get 100K or 200K for that, take it. Because A, you really need that money. And B, you're not moving the needle. You're not, a fam- you're not important. You're just some commercial actor. So take the money, fine. If you're LeBron James or you're, you're Ronaldo, like, why are you shilling for Coca-Cola? Coca-Cola is not something you drink as an athlete. I don't think LeBron's eating a lot of McDonald's. I could be wrong, but he doesn't look like it. I, he's a professional basketball player, so he could burn it off. But... He looks like he takes pretty good care of himself. And so why, you know, why shouldn't other people be encouraged to do that also? And it just seems like, okay, I mean, he was pretty young back then, but now I don't know if he's still endorsing that stuff because I don't watch commercials, but all these athletes and I don't mean to just pick on LeBron. It's just like, don't do that. Endorse something wholesome or just let it go. Just say no. And Ronaldo like move the Cokes out of the frame. And the other thing is like, we're in a pandemic, right? And 600,000 Americans have died. But like, do you know that at least as of July of last summer, 50% of the people under 65 who died, so I assume that percentage is probably the same still, half of the people under 65 who died in the pandemic had diabetes. Half. Your chances of dying are so much higher if you have diabetes and or, you know, other types of problems that products like McDonald's and Coca-Cola cause. So it's like, nobody's talking. I mean, they didn't talk about treatments, right? They suppressed that. They actually, no, they not talk about it. They actually made it so you couldn't share it on Twitter. Things like vitamin D or ivermectin and things that would have also helped mitigate this horrible pandemic. But then just like not being diabetic. Well, if you're diabetic, you're diabetic, like you're, you're stuck. But type two diabetes can actually be largely reversed unless it's gone really, really far by just cutting the sugar, just stop eating the sugar. And Coca-Cola is one of the worst offenders. It's like a zero nutrition, zero benefit. You know, it's not like if you eat, if you eat a pizza, at least there's some energy in the pizza. At least there's like, it's not great for you, but at least you're getting some, you can go eat a pizza and then go do something because you have energy. Drinking Coke is not going to give you energy. So that's one of the easiest, worst, lowest on the totem pole. And nobody's talking about that. So I don't know. It was nice to see him uh, just basically tell Coca-Cola to fuck off. No, it was, it was great uh, to see him. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I saw people on Twitter this week posting hospital pics of the food that they are served, patients, and it's just garbage, sugar. There's too much money in big sugar, so it's a hopeless situation. But, um, yeah, no, that's, it, was, it was nice to see him do that. And uh, certainly back to McDonald's, and Chad Johnson's the only one I can think of. He, I suppose that he eats at, like, three meals a day and even did when he was playing. And, like, otherwise, like, you know, super athletic, works out. I don't think he drinks alcohol. But um, most, but I was definitely going to say, meanwhile, LeBron James hawking McDonald's left and right big time. So, uh, yeah, and, 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 yeah, people talking about it. So uh, kudos to, to Ronaldo. Um, 
Speaking of LeBron, starts, I hope that starts a movement. I mean, like, and by yeah. the way, I believe he blows away LeBron James and like Twitter followers too. Just like, oh, like globally, Ronaldo's the, the, you know, one of the most famous top three famous athletes, probably the most famous athlete in the world, probably. Yeah. And I'm not going to vouch for him personally. Cause I don't know anything about him except that he is Portuguese. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I understand. I, but just that is a good thing. And I, I feel like, I, I hope that's a thing, you know, like where, where athletes are just like, no, why would I do that? Why would I do that? And, and I don't begrudge them making money. Be as rich as you want. I, I think it should be legal. I think you should be allowed to do it if you want. I don't want to tell people what they can endorse because then it'll be like, oh, you, you should endorse Bitcoin because Bitcoin is not that no one's going to pay you to endorse Bitcoin, but you know, because it uses, you know, they can make up fun about anything. So I don't think mm-hmm. there should be anyone in charge of making it illegal, but do your own research. Like what is Coca-Cola? What, what's the effect of Coca-Cola in human society? What does it do on in general? And what does Bitcoin do? I think do your own research, but that's why I don't think it should be illegal. Cause that it's too dangerous to make that illegal. You, you can't, nobody can be trusted to ar- be the arbiter of that. All right. The only thing I have left in sports is just that NBA has been great, man. Ke- Kevin Durant was an aw- so awesome last night. Um, you, uh, you should still have Nick Whalen and Dre on. You could, I know it's not fantasy season, but uh, man, there's been some good playoffs. Uh, the injuries though, is this going to ruin it all though? Ka- Kawhi Leonard went down. So it's just going to be a battle of attrition, but um, it has still been some exciting games. I know you don't care. Uh, so what, no, else, what I, else? I care about, but I check, I check who's winning every, I, I check like the box scores. I still am kind of into it. I, I just don't really watch. And I saw Durant had that monster game. Uh, and I was saying that to, for Durant, like he had that like nutless couple of championships with the Warriors who are already a dynasty. If he wins now, especially with Kyrie Hurd and Harden Gimpy, then that's like LeBron winning in Cleveland where you get your first like legit championship. You're not just, um, and it pisses me off that I had to pay you a hundred bucks for that LeBron thing. Because if Steph Curry doesn't do that stupid behind the back pass, maybe he's still stuck on three and he's getting older and who knows. Right. But he got the force. So I had to pay you. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's big for Durant if they win the whole thing. Cause it's like, he's, you know, he's the man. I think that's good for him after, you know, just nutlessly riding the coattails of a, a, a already dynasty. Oh, but the thing that's annoying me and we were talking about, this is baseball, but it's also basketball. Like Donchick was playing hurt. Harden's hurt. Chris Paul's always hurt. Now he's got COVID, uh, you know, Embiid is hurt. Kawhi is out. It's like, this is bullshit, man. And I'll tell you, like, I don't remember in the Knicks and Pistons and Bulls and Pacers. And these are brutal, ugly, slugfest out there. Nobody was hurt. Ewing was playing and Jordan was playing. Ewing got hurt in 99, but that was like, he was already way past his prime. Jordan was playing and you know, Reggie Miller was playing and those dudes weren't missing like whole series or like, Oh, well they would have won, but Jordan was hurt. So they got knocked out. That never happened. Like what the fuck is happening now in professional sports? Yeah, I know. Not, not only the guys you mentioned, but Mitchell's banged up. Conley's out. Harden and Kyrie are hurt. Um, normally, I would be against, you know, rooting against KD, leaving the Warriors and joining a super team like that, especially Kyrie and Harden. Come on. But I bet heavily on the Knicks a few months back. So I've been very much uh, the opposite of that. And truthfully, I actually like Durant. I know he's kind of a different guy, but um, boy, he's the best player in the world right now, without question. Coming off a torn Achilles um, with so much mileage. It's underrated. I mean, Remember, he came into the league on the on the in Seattle. I mean, it's it's crazy. And uh, yeah, he, he he was so good. Only the fourth player ever to go 40, 15 and 10 in a playoff game last night. He nearly did did it with 50 points. He only played 48 minutes last night. He played all yeah. 48. Well, he had, they I needed mean, him. They, they needed beating him. the Bucks in a huge game. I know. So so really sick. So that was uh, been fun to watch. We'll see what happens there with the Nets, though. They are still really, really banged up. And who knows uh, what happens uh Everybody, yeah, yeah, anyway, um, what else? John Stewart. Uh, uh, well, before else? we get to that, before we get to John Stewart, we'll get to that. Ahmed Rosario, man, have you been aware of oh, how yeah, he's, he's been doing? Well, yeah, he's like uh, four yeah. for five with a steal every day now. He's yeah, batting yeah. two eighty five. All right, I, I don't care that he's better than Crawford. He doesn't have to be better than Crawford. It just had to be a he's plausible, awesome. sensible move. He hits every a, night. A smart buy low on a guy that was going in the ninth round last year. All right, so. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, you know, even Crawford hit another few run homers, but yeah, no Rosario every other night is three hits here, four hits there. Yeah, he's. I mean, it's not he's not tearing it up, but he's very very good. Right, he's so undoubtedly the batting L. average is way down. You're trying know, to give uh, back the L, and now I got to give it back to you. Here it is. If, Here's the L. If it makes it. me further in the conversation, then sure, whatever, whatever yeah, it takes to move on. Yeah, oh yeah, but Crawford's going crazy. Just to be yeah. clear, Crawford's yeah. having a very good season. Yeah. The other Giants won. The Giants came back from down 07 last night, hit a grand slam to win. The Diamondbacks have lost 21 straight road games. That's pretty wild. 
My guy Sammy anyway. Long didn't get the win, though, so that's unfortunate. Uh, yeah, they screwed yeah. him because he was supposed to go after the opener, and the opener was so bad, he had to get in there in the first inning and screwed yeah. him up. But uh, totally. anyway, we'll see yeah. if he gets a, another start. Yeah. But yeah, all right. Yeah, well, speaking of John Stewart and speaking of the Ahmed Rosario L, the whole point of the L is not that Crawford's better than Rosario, so the burden of proof was on you because you were calling me out for being idiotic. And similarly, uh, I think John Stewart made the case. Now some people are saying he was mocking the people who were saying this, but I don't agree. I don't think so. It didn't seem like that to me. It, it seemed like he was making the case on, on the, the nutless monkey Colbert show. What a nutless monkey that guy is. Um, wow. It was mid- so bad. His reaction. And that is insane. If they're, if that's what they're trying to twist, that is, is saying right. that he was being sarcastic. No, no, they're trying to say that, that, Oh no, he was just well, okay. mocking, which, okay. So he was saying, you know what I've been saying for the last year, which is that, Obviously, if there's one lab in the world doing gain-of-function research on coronaviruses and the coronavirus breaks out right next to the lab in the same city, the overwhelming obvious inference is it's from the lab. Now, burden of proof. If like there was some incredibly compelling account of a natural origin story, then, okay, wow, it really seemed like this. I would have thought this, but surprisingly this happened but there has been no good account there was all sorts of changing accounts about pangolins and you know seafood markets and stuff that made no sense and they had no patient zero they could uh, count and then it came out as you pointed out a couple weeks ago that those guys were sick with pneumonia in november who worked at the lab so there is kind of a patient zero from the lab that it comes out there's no patient zero from the market it's a slam dunk well, and, and there's a gain of function pathogen with a genetic footprint that has never been observed in a natural coronavirus. But the official people, the Alina Chans and these other guys, this guy like Matt Ridley and these other guys, they're all like the hypothesis and da da da. And they're actually pretending to be scientific about this and debate this as if it's this very high minded. Well, they really were, were, it was a mistake to rule out, the lab uh, leak hypothesis early. And now I think we should investigate both hypotheses, even though when they tried to investigate, China completely covered it up and didn't let them in and destroyed data. This is like, the most, uh, and this is the most obvious thing of all time to me. I, I don't, I, it's almost more gaslighting by the scientists pretending there's a hypothesis and this needs to be investigated in some sort of way. So they need to see each causal chain of how it leaked from the lab rather than the res ipsa loquitur, which is a legal term. It means the thing speaks for itself. You know, when a plane crashes and, and you have like family on it, I think you can sue the airline because it's like the f- fucking plane crashed and people died. Like you don't have to be like, well, what was the cause? Can you prove that it caught, co- you know, you don't need to prove all of the, uh, the causes and the chain of causation because it's obvious what happened. That's what I, this seems like to me. Like these dudes were working on virus on this very dangerous stuff. It leaked, killed a whole bunch of people and they try to cover it up. But it's like, to me, this is just a race of soloquitur. It's like, this is obviously what happened unless there's incredibly compelling detailed explanation of how it happened otherwise, which is not the point. I mean, and then right. when Stewart's mocking it by saying, oh, maybe we should look at the pangolin or whatever, mating with the whatever, uh, right. I, what are the other people that he went super meta? Like, I, I don't understand the people that thinking he was being sarcastic. He went like triple sarcasm there. I mean, that's, that's I, next I level there. No, they, I mean, right. it was, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they were trying to say, and I, I don't know how many people thought this, but I saw this, that he was like, that's like the idiot like me who would be like, oh, dude, it's a lab leak, obviously. But the thing is, it's a good argument. So that's why it's hard to mock. Like he, if he's mocking me, well, he's making a good argument. So I don't really understand how that's mocking anybody. You would have made a dumb argument instead of a good argument. So I, I think he was pointing it out. And the thing is so crazy. It's just so crazy, people, how people are. Why do you care whether which one it is? Like, why are you attached to that? I can understand someone being attached to some policy choice that might affect them or that they believe in or something. This is just simply the cause of a deadly virus, whether it's from a lab or from, you know, a bat cave. Why do you care? Like, why are you emotionally no invested? It doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, obviously, because I guess Trump said it once a long yeah. time ago, originally right. or something. I mean, it's, yes, it is that, that, that there is no reason at all that this should be this case. It's bizarre. I, I, I cannot come up with an explanation even. Why are you emotionally tested? I mean, Trump is not even the president anymore. He's not even allowed on Twitter anymore. I mean, you're still, because he said this once that now, and, and so it's like, they're so desperate to obey. And, and I think what it is, is everybody's like, I'm right. No, I'm right. And being right is a very important thing. And having your religion, your worldview be right. Every religion is 
fighting each other to say, this is my, you know, there's missionaries, my truth, my God is the God, you know, when they fight each other. And so that's kind of what we do on a different scale. Like my understanding of the world is the truth and yours is wrong. And so if you threw your lot in with the legacy media, because Trump was an absurd person and you're like, of course I'm going against this. And the media played on that obviously. And the oligarchs that were upset that Trump won because they lost some control, not all, but some, when you had a president that wasn't supposed to win, this kind of random clown guy instead of a, a, an actual politician that had already been groomed. Well, they could point out like, look at this clown. He's ridiculous. So everybody was like, yeah, I want to identify with this. And they made it so that like professionally and personally, socially in a lot of circles, um, it was much more advantageous to identify with the, the other religion, the story of coming from the media and, and the, the authorities and the, you know, the people that you trusted. And so now I think they're just so attached to those people being right about everything that when they're blatantly wrong and obviously covered it up and lied and suppressed it, it's like this cognitive dissonance where they're like, no, that's idiotic. And they can't help themselves. They can't, it doesn't matter how stupid their argument is or how irrelevant it is, whether it's a lab leak or whatever, what does that matter to you? It's there are a lot. It's one of the tenets of the religion was that this was obviously not a lab leak. So now they're like, you know, it's one of the tenets of your religion. When it's a religion, you don't really care if it makes sense. It's just as long as it's one of the things you have to believe, you believe it. And I think that's what's going on. But it's really getting bizarre, the things that, you know, people now are, you know, I have to wear this mask. It doesn't matter if I'm outside. It doesn't matter if I got vaccinated. I have to wear the mask. Why? Well, there's no medical reason to wear it. Well, well, why are you wearing it? Because it's your religion. It's another thing you have to do, right? Think about like seriously religious people in certain traditions. Like they have to do all sorts of stuff. They have a huge amount of demands put on them to show that they're, you know, meeting the requirements. And I just think this is, this is a religion. It's a, you call it a cult or religion, whatever, but it's like, they are going to just adhere to all these things. But I think people are peeling off because some people just believed it because they, because Trump was absurd. And so logically to them, it made more sense. It was easier, helped them get along, but they weren't, they didn't adopt it as their full religion and they're starting to see it. And then they see these religious people. And I hope that they're peeling away and being like, "Uh, I don't know about that. And it seems like Jon Stewart is one of those people. He's, he's obviously on the side of all those people, but he's kind of like, no, this is probably came from the lab. Right. I mean, that's what it seemed like it happened. Yeah. Hopefully a few more uh, bigger name peoples like that. If it takes, you know, if, if there's ever like celebrities, uh, don't stick to stay in your lane, please. Right. More of what Jon Stewart did. And, 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 and just for the comedy effect, please more reactions by Colbert like that too. I mean, just like, I mean, I mean, could you be a big nutless monkey? I mean, that was yeah. just, I mean, wow. Anyway, uh, I saw, saw, saw a, 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 over a conglomerate of like thousands of local media coverage, all saying the same exact phrase. I forget what their message was. Cause oh, yeah, I tweeted that out. It's a dangerous this is a danger this is a danger a to democracy yeah uh, like a thousand were fed the same line you know what's dangerous is what you're saying I said, I said, yeah it is to, sorry that i stole that from you i forgot no no no, again, no, but no yeah no. that's yeah I, I, that that isn't just just infuriating and now um and even more so what else is it like uh yeah anyway yeah this that's it's crazy man the media it, it really is yeah i mean if you, if you know the details like they they had like I don't know, 30 different newscasters from different local news around the country, maybe 40, 50. And they're no. all saying, this is a danger to our democracy. And they're all repeating the same line. Literally, like, it's read from, from what's been told. And by the way, oh, one thing besides it being so creepy that they were doing that, those some freaks, uh, those newscasters, you see what they look like, some of those people? They're just like plastic surgery. They're just some <laughs> freaks on those shows. I, I was like... If it weren't so creepy, it would be hilarious. I was looking at these people. They are such the people that they select to like do the sort of read the state propaganda are freaks. Yeah. I mean, funny. I don't know when you're a kid, you, know, you used to watch the local news and I was growing up, I watched the news in New York and like, you just assume like, that's like serious. Like these people are serious. They're wearing their suit. They're reporting the news. And maybe then it was more serious. And then as you get older, you start looking at it and you're like, these people are freaks. These are weird people, you know, and you don't know that when you're a kid, you just take it, you know, as the authority figure that's telling you the news. Everyone seems so much older. If you look at old pictures, just in general, like this, my, um, my, you know, my parents looked so old at, at 18 and everything. Right. But, um, and you know what, you know, the movie city slickers, uh, uh yeah, I know the movie. But Billy Crystal, they're having a midlife crisis and they leave their family to go, you know, go camping and whatnot. No, they're 39 years old. That's old. I am like, what? I'm like, I'm the age of Billy Crystal. Sorry. I'm a little, but yeah, it, uh, people did look big. Yes. I get what you're saying back in the day, the newscasters were much more like Ron Burgundy for sure. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't remember what they look like. I just remember that I took them seriously. And now if I see a local newscast, <laughs> well, that's for other reasons than just appearance, but yes, he's lost all credibility. Yeah. They've also lost all credibility. Yeah, of course. Time. Yeah. You see them. And I got FBI one more. operative, FBI operative. Uh, what about that video? Was that you that put the green Glenn Greenwald one? Was that you too? Yeah, I did also tweet that, you know, basically it's, a, it's called revolver news and it's definitely like right, right leaning and you can, take it for what it's worth. I'm not going to vouch for it or not vouch for it, but the reporting in this story seems solid. And they're saying, and, and this is, and we talked about this last week. We talked about this last week in the context of the, the hack, the, you know, the, the Bitcoin bounty, you know, ransom hack. Um, but it's the same thing. We said the FBI in nine 11, after nine 11, they would like do these things, these stings and like get some guy to go buy fertilizer, or whatever, and then arrest him and say, Oh, we disrupted a plot, but they created the plot. Apparently in, they're investigating this, and I don't know the answers to this, but apparently, I think in some of those groups that were uh, rioting, protesting, invading the Capitol on January 6th, there were also like infiltrated FBI agents that had infiltrated those groups. And they're trying to find out like to what extent were these guys the ringleaders of this thing? And I don't know the answer, and it might be that they weren't, but you're not even supposed to talk about this, right? This is like, oh, no, no, that's 9-11 times Pearl Harbor times, you know, mm-hmm. squared. It's, this is, you can't talk about this. And there's and who yeah, they're just identified as people, but they haven't even been arrested yet. Or right? I mean, right. they know who they are, but they're clearly for this very odd for them to be not arrested. A woman was killed, you know, was shot in that, yeah. and, you know, point blank range, and nobody who shot her. You know, she wasn't armed. She wasn't like didn't seem like she was like about to set the place on fire or anything. Like, was it really necessary to use lethal force? And no one's really looked into that. That is also kind of a serious thing. So yeah, that that's a whole story, but. They definitely don't want that to come to light. That's not a acceptable topic at all because that that's the pretext for cracking down and surveilling, you know, a whole group of people in the U.S. And the thing is, like, you might say, "Well, I don't like those those jerks on that side, those Trumpers. It's okay if they get surveilled." Oh no, no, no! You'll get surveilled too if you're doing anything that you know. It's not just going to be restricted to them. Don't you know? Once you have the power to to use the war on terror powers, which is they want, they want to use the the nine eleven, you know, the Patriot Act powers they used, you know, in foreign countries. Now they want to use it on the population. And once they green light that, you're not safe because your ideology temporarily may align with the people doing it. it. It's dangerous for everybody. No doubt. No doubt. Um, was that, was that actually what you were going to say? No, no, no. I was going to, okay. uh, okay. I, I want to mention Bitcoin and I wanted to mention yep. this trip I took this weekend, a couple funny things. So I went up to the, uh, the Mino, which is Northern Portugal. It's beautiful. It's an amazing place. And it was cool because we stayed in this really nice hotel and re- right nearby, um, friends of Sasha's, your parents of Sasha's friends, her to school are uh, these Portuguese people. And we've been there before last summer and they had this house that is the main, one of the buildings is from the, I think the 13th century. And then it's built around that. It's really cool. And it's like a paradise out there. And the kids just run around. They're not on screens. Um, there's like fig trees and lemon trees. There's, you know, fruit trees all over the property and chickens and it was just such a great weekend. You know, it was like traditional Portuguese life and they cook like the best steak on this outdoor, they had this big outdoor grill where they just put like tree logs. They were like lit like tree logs. It's just like a pit and a grill. And they made this Uruguayan steak that this guy, I guess he owned a restaurant in Brazil. One of the guys is Brazilian. One of the other guys who was staying, was hanging out with us. And it was like some of the best steak I've ever had. It was like this lean, rare, perfectly cooked Uruguayan grass fed meat. It was excellent. But then the next day, we, we drove like an hour to go uh, white rider rafting. So we all went white rider rafting. And there were three boats. There was us and then the other group. And then there was like a third boat. And we go down the river. And it's cool because like Spain is on our right, like 20 feet away. And Portugal's on our left, like 50 feet away. Like we're just in between Portugal and Spain on this river, right, white water rafting. But oh, what, was fu- yeah. what was funny is that, and this occurred to me and everybody else, like immediately when you're on the boat, the other boat is the enemy. I mean, it's just like, that's the enemy boat. Like we need to kill that boat. We need to sink that boat. So we're, I'm thinking this myself. And then of course, as we go by them, they start splashing and attacking us. So of course we started attacking them. Then there was a third boat with these random tourists that were there that we didn't even know. And when we went by their boat, all the people started attacking them. They were like, they didn't like it. They, didn't, they weren't in on it. Our group was like, it's more aggressive. And then I was thinking, oh, there's a bridge we're crossing. I was, I was going to tell my guy who's like the other dude up front, like, dude, climb to the shore and go up on the bridge and jump down onto their boat. You know, it was like 100 feet up. You know, jump down. And the time, I was having these thoughts. It's like we were all having these thoughts. All the dudes on the boat saw the other boat, including you know, them seeing us. And like, we're thinking, we got to kill those people. 
Like that was honestly my thought. Like, oh, like you see them? It's just like, oh, we got to go get them. Like, what is that? Like, that is a, we all, every dude was like, oh yeah, we got to kill them. That's the enemy boat. Isn't that funny that that just occurs to you? And it occurred to the yeah. other boat that attacked us also. That is funny. I heard you talking about the, I was totally jealous. I'd love to go rapids, whitewater rafting yeah. or whatever it's called. I'd love to. Classic old film, Meryl Streep, The River Wild. I remember that. Hopefully he didn't get uh, abducted at gunpoint by Kevin Bacon. But uh, so you're, so, so Sasha and everything did this. Was it, was it at any point like dangerous? No, it was a couple of places were a little rough. We also jumped off a cliff from like, you know, 18 feet up. Nice, uh, nice. Sasha went before me. So she, she nice, was eager nice. to do it. I was sort of like, oh, I don't know. But then I did it. I mean, that was fun. It was just great. You know, it was just that outdoor, like it wasn't that rough. There were a couple of rough spots, which were fun. You like, there's yeah. actually a wave and you hit it and you jump over it. You get splashed. It was really just chill. And then we went biking to this uh, incredible town, like, it's basically four miles away from the hotel and they have bikes at the hotel. So we went down these beautiful bike paths, went to town, had this like amazing meat plate and artisanal cider yep. biked back. It was just like one of those weekends where you're outdoors with your family. You just feel great. You're just happy to be just like one of those weekends where you're just having a, you're doing real shit. You're not just like, you know, on your computer or whatever. Yeah, no, it sounds good. Someone, speaking of your food you're talking about, someone de- direct messaged me and asked me uh, where I get the fresh seafood we talked about on the podcast. I'm like, man, that's Liss in Portugal. I wish yeah. I could get fresh seafood. I get yeah. frozen fish delivered to me. Yeah. That's, all, that's all Liss. We could all be so lucky to live so close yeah. to the ocean. But uh, yeah, is, I'll take advantage of that for sure. Yeah, we uh, do get good. Uh, uh, you know, I, I was going to talk about some health stuff that I'm doing, but I'll skip that to the next one because we're already going uh, pretty long. Let's talk a little Bitcoin. So... Right now, as we record this, it is at 38,600, 38,635 to be exact. It's a little bit up, you know, but it's been a couple of weeks. It's been in this over range. Over 40. Yeah, yeah, it was over 40 for a minute, but uh, it's kind of been in this range. Expect it to like just ramp up all the way to 70 or 80 soon, but it, it just seems to creep over 40. I don't know who's selling. Everything seems so incredibly bullish to me. Yeah, it seems this the New York Times sent out a piece that uh, the pipeline investigation upends the idea that Bitcoin is untraceable, and they basically they just discover what blockchain means. I mean, really, of, of course, everyone obviously knew that. It's such a misleading headline. And then I guess there was an opinion piece also in the New York Times that people went even more crazy about. Very uh, five thousand words in the word Lightning Network wasn't mentioned one time. Um, so it's just still there. It's crazy. I feel like in five years. I mean, we could be wrong about it too. But I also feel like in five years. A lot of people are going to be like, oh boy, I printed, I, I, you know, I, I went on record talking about just, it's, it's clear who did not go believe in the technology. I, I don't know. It's just weird that they're just the FUD as they call it, but it's, it seems like there's, I don't know, an ulterior motive. It just seems so weird to me that big publications are still attacking it, but just when you read it and if you, if you knew it's just it's 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 comically off base and just like uh, someone that didn't do any research at all wrote it it's 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 still bizarre that's still happening it shows that we're still in the very very beginning stages still it also shows the standards are declining so much for, Maybe for that too, mainstream yeah. news the coverage is is atrocious but those people have no sway in the end those people are just they're just hurting people they're just closing people's minds to something that could help them they're just i mean it, it's so sick the, the terrible advice that they're giving. Now, you know, again, we don't know for sure. We could be wrong and go down, but at least we're informed about what it is. You and I don't have any special crystal ball about this. It's just that we actually did some work more than a journalist, like reporting to represent a newspaper about this. So it's just really bad. Uh, the other yeah. thing... Okay, go ahead. Hold on. But before I forget, actually, I'll just recommend this now. Uh, Davis Maddock uh, had, a, had a guest, Alex Gladstein, on his oh, yeah, he's cast, the podcast. Yeah. Highly recommend that. There's less technical mumbo jumbo and more real life what's going on in the economy. And I recommend that. It's called the Tate Cast. It's with Alex Gladstein uh, talking Bitcoin. It was like last week's episode. So I, I recommend that. Sorry, go ahead, Liz. I saw a couple of tweets that really opened my eyes. So you know who Naval Ravikant is? He's, I guess he's like a VC guy. Oh, but, yes. I, I did pronounce it that way. Yes, and exactly Naval. what you're talking about. Yes, right. Yeah, so a million bunch of followers. Yeah. He tweeted yeah, something yeah. a while back that I read. He said something like, Mob decisions will be replaced by markets. Once, like Bitcoin, he's more into crypto, which I don't really agree with. But you know, mo- you know, markets will replace mobs. I thought about that, like, yeah, okay, yeah, I get that sort of. But then I read a tweet by this guy Jeff Booth, who said, "I'm paraphrasing it, but to, something to, to the effect of money is information, and our money is so distorted through printing that it's no wonder 
that our information ecosystem is so distorted. That the fact that money, which is really our, our measurement of so many things informationally about society, once that's broken, then it's not surprising that like our measurement of what actually happened on January 6th or whatever actually happened with COVID and what, you know, what works and what doesn't and what's a true is totally distorted because our, our basic sort of unit of account, one of our most basic communication mechanisms, which is money, is totally distorted. Our language is then therefore distorted. It started making me think about it. And I started thinking about the, the story of the Tower of Babel in the Bible. And so I looked that up because I was like, the Tower of Babel, like that's something about how people couldn't communicate and things got distorted. And apparently like the, the people wanted to build a tower to the heavens and God didn't want that. And because their ability to communicate uh, in the same language and, and be on the same page, I guess, according to God was, was going to give them unlimited power to build this tower. He then like scattered their, you know, he, he made them, this is sort of the story of the different languages in the world. He like scattered them around the world with different languages and they could no longer, you know, complete this tower it's almost like God in that sense is the, the status quo people looking to protect their power. And we, you know, we're the people trying to make something great. Like we went to the moon, right? In 1969, 1971, Nixon screws up the money. He takes us off the gold standard. Now money's printable. We haven't done anything since. It's like, what happened? Like 2001 space odyssey, you know, this is in the sixties, Stanley Kubrick makes 2001 space odyssey. And there's incredible spaceships taking us to like other planets. And he thought that was going to be the case in 2001 in 1968 or whenever he did that or 1969. He was like, in 30 years, we're going to have this. Well, we don't even have a a space program anymore, really, barely. Now it's like privatized. The opposite happened. What happened? Well, 1971, you know, we stopped building the Tower of Babel. We we got scattered. Well, well, it's not that different languages in a problem. We could translate from Portuguese to English to French. Not literally. The problem is the money and the money and the distortion of information. And now we can't even agree on how to treat a disease that we've had for 18 months that's been, uh, you know, genetically sequenced. We can't agree on what happened of the basic facts, we have now been sort of Tower of Babel, where we're all living in these crazy different realities and we can't cooperate and do anything. And it's just Bob rule. It's like whatever, you know, you can be canceled because you said this or you did this. Tomorrow it'll be something else. It's just the mob rules everything rather than a market where if you had a sound money, then it would be the market ruling and saying, oh, actually, you're really adding a lot of value. I'm going to vote for this. You know, you're, you're not adding a lot of value. I'm not going to vote for this. You know, it's, it's, it's not going to be a mob thing. It's going to be a market thing. People will vote with their dollars and, and vote with their, you know, giving of value. Anyway, it just made me think of it and how Bitcoin in some way is sort of like to reestablish a unified language. It's almost like truth. And then there's this other article I was read. I'm not going to get into it, but Bitcoin is time. And I'm not even done with it, but it is super deep. Bitcoin is time. And he just talks about how like the double spend problem and the digital, you know, if you give me a coin, you lose the coin. I have the coin, a physical coin. But in the digital realm, obviously everything's copyable. So if you give me, if you send me an email, you still have a copy of the email. And so how do we deal with that? And he, and he explained it really well. And one of the aspects is like, it has to create its own sense of time because you have to determine who sent what first in a chronological order. But because time is relative and you're talking about um, decentral, decentralized nodes, um, this is a very complex problem that Bitcoin solved. And it goes into how, and it's very, very deep. And it makes you think this is really something. I mean, this is really something deep. It's not just, oh, cool, you know, uh, number go up, I'm rich, you know, or, oh, cool, like, you know, it is cool that like El Salvadorans can get remittances and not get, you know, so much taken out and they don't have to risk violence and they can just do it on a device, don't take a bus six hours. That is cool. And there's going to be a lot of great use cases like that. But this is like way bigger than even that. It's like restoring the basis for value and language communication. Like reality is going, I I mean, this is a huge statement, but I think reality is going to be reunified instead of all of us being in different realities. Like, you know, there's people who just don't, they're not, they just don't even believe the same premises you do. They have a whole set of premises that I don't even buy. It's like a different religion. Um, and I think that this is going to, to uh, reunify people's mean, sense of meaning with one another because it's going to be a time-stamped, verifiable, uh, value-oriented ecosystem where things are true or they're not true. It was time-stamped then or it wasn't. You know, it, it's not going to be like, well, that never happened, this never happened, this happened. It's, I, I, I hope so, at least. But anyway, I started reading this stuff and I started thinking, you know, this is deeper than just um, fixing the money. This is going to fix the money undergirds, I think, a lot of the problems that we're having, a lot of the dysfunction we have. 
All right, I'll read Bitcoin is time. I have nothing to add to that. Great rant. Other than, um, what are your thoughts on Bezos going to space? By all means, don't don't come back. Take a one-way ticket. No, uh, <laughs> no. I, I I think that, that I, I mean think... it's interesting, right? I mean it's kind of I, more. I thought he was sorry. I asked you that I'm going to answer. I want your your opinion. Okay, so I I think it's cool. Like I, I think Elon Musk should have competition. That if he's willing to ride on the spaceship himself, the skin in the game aspect is is very commendable. Elon Musk should get on his own rockets. You know, I'm not a Bezos fan or any of those guys. I think it's not entirely their fault. I mean, hate the don't hate the player, hate the game. But you know, he does not deserve the money he has, the printing and the cheating and all that stuff. I mean, he deserves something. Amazon's a great product. I mean, you push a button and the thing shows up. It's pretty amazing. He, he does. He deserves to be a billionaire probably, but I don't know. You know what the what a real market would give him without all this fake market. But I'm not a I'm not a fan of his. But I. I always think there's something like nefarious and great reset oriented about all these guys. Like they're doing something bad, but on its face, him going to space. I think that's, that's good. Yeah. It's kind of cool. At first I was like, are you, are you, he's crazy. You have all the most money in the world and you're going to risk that. But I'm like, well, that is kind of why it is cool that he has, you know, and I guess it's been his lifelong dream since he was a kid to go to space. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, he has everything to lose and he's still going to do it. So, I mean, cause there is some risk of going to outer space. Yeah, so no shit. Kind of cool. Being, being the first one, you know, in, in, in yeah. your particular rocket, there's a little bit of risk. Oh. Yes. Yeah. So, um, with that great, great rant, I definitely want to read that. Um, I want to say before, uh, we go, I actually do think there's a, I'm going to be on vacation next week. So let's go ahead and give the people a bonus coverage and talk about your health. Uh, I have a few things to add too. So let, let's, let's do it now. Cause unfortunately, yeah, I might be gone next week. Okay. Anyway, so I just, you know, I'm 50 and we have, we have this friend, Caroline, who's French and she, she's like a coach. She's like PD Mangan kind of, I mean, in her own way. And she's, she knows her shit. Like, you know, we've talked a lot and she's like obsessed with it. Like she'll talk to you for like an hour about it, you know, and, and I actually am interested in it. Everyone else is like, Oh, enough, but I'm interested in it. And so, you know, she and I talk a lot. And then, so she found this doctor that does all this blood testing and genetic testing and all this stuff. And, and, you know, it's like 800 bucks. It's kind of expensive, but I was like, all right, I'll do it. I'll try it. Why not? So I did. And I got the test back and I talked to the doctor today and, you know, some of my tests were a little off and, you know, he's like, oh, well, she need more of this, less of this, or just, you know, whatever. But it was, uh, it was cool. Like, so like genetically you have a, uh, a, a type, you know, and some people, I guess are supposed to be vegetarian based on genetics. And some people need to eat like just meat almost. Uh, mine was type three, which is like Mediterranean meat, nuts, fish. They were like, you should eat less red meat. And I was like, well, I don't know, man. Cause you know, I'm not going to take everything they say as gospel, but I was, it was, it's very scientifically based and they're, they're good. Like it's legit. And he's like, well, if you eat, you know, if you, just one out of three times that you're going to eat meat, just eat something else like chicken or fish or, and I was like, that's not too hard. Like one out of three, just like he's telling me not to eat. He's just like one of three times. I'm like, all right, I can do this. He gave me some supplements. He's like, you're low in this. You need more zinc. You need more magnesium. Your thyroid needs this. I don't know. It's pretty cool. It was like tailored to me, like genetically, all these very deep blood tests. And I'm going to try this for like six months. It's not that radical. The one thing he said was I'm, I'm uh, lactose intolerant. And I'm also gluten intolerant, which I, I never tested for it, but I had stopped eating gluten 10 years ago. And he's like, good, keep, keep at that. But he said, you're, you're, I don't have celiac, but I just, you know, it's like, it's bad for me. And he said that you're lactose intolerant. So dairy, you know, like you can only eat the really hard cheeses. Um, and I'm like, it's a little bums me out because I like eating ice cream with Sasha. Although as I'll quote my friend who, when he would eat this delicious ice cream said, yeah, I don't like to go there that much. Cause, uh, I'm always Jackson Pollocking it afterwards. So, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, nice. I was, you know, the, the point is that I, I would, uh, I, he's like, he's like, just take a, a like, I, I'm not really worried about that as much as, um, as much as just keeping my state in my system in a state of inflammation with something that right. I can't handle. So he's like, you yeah. can take some lactase enzymes. It helps a little, but I'll just, I'll do it once in a while just for Sasha. I don't really care. I mean, I like the ice cream, but I don't care. I'm also getting this root canal pulled. Uh, it's going to cost me a, a bunch of money uh, and an implant. There's a really good dentist here. It's all like the natural stuff and root canals. Like there, there's a lot of evidence that root canals, like they, you know, they cut out the root and they seal it off. But like, you, there's always some bacteria that gets in there and over time, it really gets very toxic and it can migrate to other parts of your body. And it's been associated with certain cancers and mm. autoimmune problems. And, but there's other people say, no, I've had a root canal and we've done some studies. It only affects some people, but I feel like, it's just like paying for health insurance. I'm just going to rip it out and put in an implant with the proper materials. And, and it's just like, okay, I'm buying insurance. Like it may be unnecessary, but I, I know enough about this that better safe than sorry, right? It's like your, your life and health. So 
pulling out a root canal and I'm getting, I'm doing this thing for six months, taking some supplements. I don't really want to get sick. I want to see what's off balance as much as I can through testing and then get it back on balance. I don't want to knock on wood, find myself with a deadly disease and be like, Oh yeah, you were out of balance for six years. You never did anything. You kept eating the stuff that was harming you. And then you, you know, then something happened. So I just think like get ahead of this stuff. Obviously it's expensive, some of this stuff. So, you know, not everybody can afford it, but if you can't afford it to me, that's like a very worthwhile thing to spend your money on. Yeah, I know. Totally. It's funny you, you say all that because I literally just recently uh, took a bunch of blood tests myself. I tested my omega levels, vitamin D, and I did a gut biome one. Um, not sure how le- legit it is because I'm just using an online company, but it's going to suggest all the foods, you know, kind of similar to that. Um, I, I have I have been recommending a couple um, local uh, type kind of you know meet in person. I forget what their um, what their title these uh, the doctors are, are are called now these days, but similar to what you're talking about. And um, so yeah, so I'm totally interested. I'm curious what my results are going to say, and I'm definitely a believer that every person's just so different. So um, I know I have a bunch of food allergies. Uh, um, so so yeah, I. I interested that you're doing the same thing there. I even did, uh, I even bought and, uh, started wearing, you're going to hate this though, because you consider it intrusive and I've given it to the government, but I started wearing one of those whoop devices, uh, really curious, uh, my, um, sleep. So uh, I've been measuring, uh-huh. measuring my sleep, uh, every night. Also too, stealing so your seen. dreams, reporting yeah, this to the CIA sure. and your CIA yeah. is coming to your house soon. You're yeah, not going to be no, happy when you're no in a prison cell. You're going to be yeah. like, yeah, I monitor my sleep and now I'm in a prison cell. Yeah, you know, I know. I know. No getting question. testicular so, shock yeah. to go, you know, give up your, uh, private keys. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Uh, I, I thought of like, cause I have blood sugar. My blood sugar is not like diabetic, but it's higher than it should be. You know, there's some things you can wear. Like when you just test your blood sugar by like pricking your finger and doing it, mm-hmm. It's a snapshot, but, you know, and then the A1C is like a three-month thing, which mine was a little high, but it was, you know, still not like diabetic. But there's some things you can wear that just like monitor all the time, which is cool because then you can like eat some stuff, like some gluten-free pasta that I like, which I don't eat very often, and see like, is it going way up to like 160 or something? Or is it just, it's only 130, 140. It's not a big deal. And so you could, you know, really see how it works. Yeah, I'm curious to sleep though, but um, but yeah, how much REM I'm getting, deep sleep, and just uh, just you know the differences of when you went to bed, caffeine. I guess a lot of people stop drinking alcohol when they see how much it affects their their sleep wearing these. But um, I'm I'm you know a lot of all, a lot of people get these also because they're athletes and they're measuring their recovery and all these crazy workouts. Right. But um, you know I haven't even I guess I can wear it in the pool and swim laps, but I haven't done that yet. But anyway, so I'm I'm doing the same similar things to you and, and curious and, and doing the blood work and so yeah, let me know how how that goes. And, and, and yeah, so I'm, I'm curious. So you're going to change your diet based on, on these. I'm going to change it a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah. they said more nuts, which I don't usually, uh, Ooh, use really what nuts, what kind of nuts, just any kind of nuts, you know, like, well, I mean, not cashews as much cause they're, they're high in carbs, but like all these nuts. So nuts are the wor- highest in omega three, except macadamia, man. We talk to me off air. Omega six. No, no, no. Sorry, 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 omega six. Sorry. sorry. Omega six. No, no, sorry, yeah. but I'm so low in omega six. So okay. you need omega six. Uh, yeah, you need o- you- walnuts. Walnuts. Yeah. Well, so you need omega six. Now the problem is that on the standard American diet, you are Get so easily you're getting so much more than this. Yeah, you want the ratio to be one to one, and the American diet's like twenty to one, if not much right. higher. So, but mine is the other way. Mine is like Whoa. I got way more omega. Well, because I eat just like gr- tons of meat, tons of fish. Grass-fed much meat great. Too. Yeah, not much grain. Specifically you know? grass-fed meat and wild-caught fish. Those two things yeah. are, are and, and I eat like sardines and stuff all the time. Like so that'll do it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I they broke down all my acids and they're like, you have a lot of red meat. I'm eating too much pork. Like I don't love pork. And I'm eating all the salami because it's just in my fridge. It's got no sugar. And I don't really I'm like, I'm gonna get rid of that. I already knew. I was like, this isn't even like necessary. But pork, pork is corn. That's usually through the roof omega six. Well, for whatever reason, I had very low acids of that kind. And so he's like, you need more just like healthy ones. And I'm like, I would do hemp oil. I'm not doing anything with any fake seed oils. So I'm just going to eat some nuts and get a little more omega six. Like, you know, it's funny because you think I could just eat meat and fish all day. And for some people that would probably be perfect, but he's like, for my type, you actually are low in this acid. You're not, you need a little bit of it. 
which is like eye-opening, totally yeah. eye-opening. That's but, crazy. But I, it I could wonder be wrong. if the pork, the pork in Europe is different. I, I wonder if they're healthier there. So, uh, that's, this is totally interesting to organic. me. I, I don't, no. I don't think they feed them corn. Maybe they do, but I don't, I don't think oh. so. Like the Portugal pigs are like really well. It is impossible to find uh, pork here in America. It's so hard. Very okay. difficult. You're on waiting lists to find it, but wow. Okay. That's, that's interesting that you are, that you're the total opposite of what you'd think. So every person's just so different. It's just, wow. That's, that's illuminating. Well, these guys could be wrong also. I mean, that's not, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say like these guys are totally right, but the point is like eating some nuts. I mean, I'm not eating like, I'm not going to eat some canola oil or something like that. I'm, you know, eating some nuts that grow on trees, try to reduce my, well, you're probably even like soaking them and oxalate all that stuff too. Aren't you? You're we like were so, we, I'm not going to soak them yet unless they cause problems for me. He suggested berberine to help like help heal the gut five days a month, zinc, uh, iodine, selenium, a little bit of copper that I'm low in copper. Support the almond industry. I'll, I'll pronounce it almonds so they can understand what I'm saying here. But we uh, we have a, a drought here in California. I don't know if yeah. you haven't not heard, but um, so yeah, support. If you're going to eat nuts, man, support the almond industry for for your fellow podcast uh, yeah. partner here. I have I bought some almonds, so we'll see. I'm not going to eat that many nuts. It's just something that's like you know convenient if I'm not because I'm not going to eat much cheese, and I've been living off of cheese. Like during the day, all I eat is leftovers from dinner, cheese slices fruit and yogurt and he's like you're lactose intolerant so i'm like <laughs> fuck you know what am i gonna do so i bought a bunch of nuts because i don't go out to lunch really you know um by myself or even heather's always running in and out so we don't we rarely go to lunch so i just yeah. kind of grab stuff but you know again you have to have the time and the means but you should be doing this i mean some version of it not my version but like i i don't i don't understand how it's the money you know bitcoin and, and whatever finance you know research stocks whatever you want but figure out the, the financial system and the situation, figure out your health and, you know, spend time with your family. I mean, that's it, you know, go do outdoor stuff. That's all you got is those three things. Take care of your professional responsibilities. That's it, right? Like, I don't know what people are, what rabbit holes people are going down, but if it's not health and Bitcoin, I don't, you know, it's just to me, it's like, it's the obvious ones. It's the important stuff. It's the stuff you need to have right, you know, to, to have a good life, it seems like. So, well, confirmation bias here. I mean, yeah, that's all I've been doing less since pandemic. So yeah, hopefully that's, yeah, that's, that's what I've been spending my time and also a lot of ba- fantasy baseball studying. So hopefully something to, uh, can't wait for the next, one of the two uh, will pan out. another black swan will happen with the Bitcoin. It'll be go down and yeah. thanks. So sad, I'm sure. Because yeah, you know, hard work, it doesn't always pay off as we're seeing here. Poor Tyler glass, no glass Joe now more like, but, yeah. um, Anyway, I, I, I have, I'm in first place in Tout Wars, and he's my best player, so yeah. that hurts there too. I'm, I, I took a, yeah. I took a hit too. Did that? All, did that may have cost you 125k, like it did me? Or, or yeah. no? It cost yeah. me. It cost okay. me prestige. It, it cost yeah, me prestige. Clout. Okay. Well, I won last year, you know, so they think it's a fluke because a short season yeah. win. So I need to destroy these people again and then show them, you know, it's for real. No amount of money could buy any the people to respect you at this point. That's absolutely. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, I'm so, I'm so bereft of any respect that I, I definitely, there's no amount of money. I kid, man. Well said on your, on your rants, this, this uh, pod. And uh, yeah, it feels like we're picking up a few uh, new listeners and uh, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm doing a trip. Uh, it'll be a vacation next week, but uh, good times. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, one last thing I'll leave. Uh, I, you know, I was listening to like the David Bowie albums and Neil Young albums. Oh, okay. we talked about uh, I've been listening to the Velvet Underground's first album, uh, the one with the banana, the Andy Warhol on the cover. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, it is it's very good. It's one, you know, I knew the album, like I knew, you know, Ziggy Stardust and Spiders from Mars, but I didn't know all the, I just hadn't really like delved into it because you end up listening to greatest hits and, and you kind of skip. I Listen to that whole album, the whole thing. It's one of the best. It's one of the classics. So check it out. I posted it in my Twitter too. Yeah, I have no clue about it. I saw the tweet. I'll, I'll check it out because I was a fan of the last one you did that too. So, so. One last thing. Uh, if you guys enjoy the podcast, want to support it, uh, and our fantasy sports players, go to rotowire.com slash pod. It is a free 10-day trial. You do not need a credit card. You can check out all our football projections, all our rankings, all our write-ups. And if you like it, then uh, maybe you will uh, sign up in earnest or maybe not. It's up to you. So, again, uh, rotowire.com slash pod. Got anything else? Just the Alex Gladstein, Davis Maddock, Bitcoin pod would be my recommendation of the week. Check that out too. All right, man. Take it easy. Good talk and have a good vacation. Thanks, Liz. Later, man.